0: Let's get started. Um, I have a very special guest. I decided, you know, on the podcast, I got to raise the bar a bit. And I've never had a Lord on the podcast. So Lord Fusatua is on the podcast here. He's from the hospital joining. So I really appreciate him joining today and committing uh, to the podcast. So thanks so much for joining.
1: My pleasure, brother. It's an absolute, uh, yeah privilege and pleasure to be here. Um, I appreciate the invitation and I'm looking forward to the conversation, man. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Thank you. So I did some background uh, research on you. but I'd love to hear from you. Um, And I know, you know, the conversation all stemmed from I was in Miami for the Bitcoin uh, conference and I was there when Jack made the announcement. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, The conference was, I mean, packed to the brim. And that announcement really shook people of like El Salvador, a country coming in, accepting it as legal tender. And, you know, the Bitcoin community went crazy. And then I just saw different, you know, leaders from different countries putting on laser eyes. And I was like, what is going on? And then I saw you uh, tweet something Um, basically that the kingdom of Tonga would like to get involved and that's really my uh, not to get involved you're looking at it or you're interested in Mm it and uh, you're pursuing it so I'd love to hear about your background and kind of what got you interested in Bitcoin.
1: Um, Yeah so excuse me I'm uh, a Lord Member of Parliament in Tonga so uh, Tonga was modeled on the the UK system of a House of Lords and a House of Commons, except we've got it in one unicameral house. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a uh, uh, politician by career, but I'm a barrister and solicitor uh, by vocation. Mm. So uh, if I'm talking too much, an attorney and a politician, that's, yeah, <laughs> invariably that's what we do. So yeah. you tell me if I'm, if I'm rambling on too long. Yeah. Um, I had an experience with it in uh, 2012, 13. Oh, I had a relative really? of mine from the US call me and say, oh, I've, he, he knows I've always been a, a bit of an a IT computer nerd. Hmm. And he's like, oh, there's this great new technology. You should get into it. Um, there's Obviously, there was no way for me to get any from from Tong at that stage. So he said, I'll get it some, and uh, we'll, I'll explain it to you when we meet up. Mm-hmm. So by the time we'd met up, uh, it had gone up in price and he'd sold it. <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't much good to me. Yeah. And then about uh, uh, two or three years later, uh, anyone that uh, lives in uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico, uh, El Salvador, <laughs> They'll, they'll know. Um, we have uh, the. They're like uh, American businessmen that come in, sort of fly by night with a great idea. Mm. And they might, uh, yeah, get a few investors from, right. out and then you don't see them anymore <laughs> after that. So, uh, yeah, I, I had an encounter with one of those guys, and uh, I again, I invested, and he said he was going to go and. Uh, get some Bitcoin on my behalf I, I didn't understand the technology that well at that time mm. and mm. yeah a number of us did uh, gave him money and again uh, not to be seen again uh, so but about two weeks ago I, I got really ill and I had to be flown over uh, to New Zealand where I uh, actually am now because Tonga is still in uh, a lockdown since March last year um, and I had to medivac uh, I collapsed in summer and I was very fortunate to get a wow. life uh, saving surgery hmm. uh, but that kept me in the hospital for about six months uh, two years ago wow. and uh, without too much to do uh, yeah I just I read every word that had ever been printed about Bitcoin, Mm. um, listened to every word that had ever been uttered about it, and watched every moving image that had ever been pretty much uh, broadcast about it. And, uh, yeah, the technology, um, once I understood it, it became apparent that... uh, it, as a store of value, it is the most pristine and hardest uh, money uh, and asset that mankind has ever created mm-hmm. for the developed world. But for the developing world, it could be life changing right now. So, um, for instance, I just came off BTC sessions with Ben right. and with Miles Suda from uh, Cash App. Uh, and uh, Guy Swan uh, and what we uh, I was able to excuse me, make apparent to them, <clears throat> as, you, as you will have seen from the tweets, um, developing countries like El Salvador, like us, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific, we spend $700 billion US a year just in Western Union and MoneyGram fees. Wow, oh so my
0: God. Just
1: to be able to send money to our family, not for any good or service that's been produced to better uh, mankind, just in fees from Western Union, 700 billion. It's
0: outrageous, yeah.
1: That's outrageous. So in a country like mine, 40.7% uh, of our GDP, is made up of remittances. So nearly half of that economy is remittance based. So uh, when Western Union and MoneyGram are lobbying 20 to 30% off of that, you're actually only getting about 21 or 22% of that 40%. So if you remove those fees, you're adding 30% to your entire national GDP. Right. You're adding 30% to the pocket of every person. Uh, so uh, to make that understandable to someone in the US, imagine having no federal income tax anymore. <laughs> That'd That's be, the equivalent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's life changing. It's life-changing for someone in the US mm. who's living a comfortable life. So imagine how life-changing it is. For someone that's living hand to mouth in a village in El Salvador or in Tonga, Great. so yeah, that's um, one of the the uh, greatest discoveries recently with uh, what Jack's done is that you you don't need to understand Bitcoin the asset at all. In if you're in El Salvador or in Tonga, just being exposed to Bitcoin the network. Hmm. by strike hmm. immediately adds 30% to to your income. Wow. So we can orange pill them later but they're not worried about they don't care if it's bitcoin they just know I'm getting $100 instead of $70 now. Right. And because strike is so seamless in how you, you decide what format you send it in and you decide what format you receive it in. So you can receive it in, in Bitcoin, you can receive it in USD. Um, that seamless behind the scenes integration uh, makes. Um, and you don't need any uh, uh, act of parliament or government policy like adoption for legal tender. That's another step down the line. Uh, just adding one app to your phone suddenly gives you thirty percent extra income. That's huge, and that's that's, that's the beauty of uh, Bitcoin. Is that whereas we're used to going from Bitcoin, the store of value, and then we'll see if it will work as a medium of exchange in the in the US or elsewhere uh, in else in the developing world. Uh, And in El Salvador, obviously, because of Bitcoin Beach, it began, it's the other way around. It began as Bitcoin, the medium of exchange. Mm. And then after you receive that extra $30 for a while, obviously at the beginning, you're going to spend it to increase your standard of living. But after a while, you'll realize that you were able to live on the seventy. So you're going to say, well, maybe I'll save the 30. And you'll begin stacking sacks with that 30. And so someone who was hand to mouth previously in a village, for that person to be able to actually have savings and possible generational wealth, that's paradigm changing. And so, yeah, it's it's a big, big deal. And... Um, education about Bitcoin, the asset, and what that can do long-term, that will follow. Um, uh, uh, Adopting Bitcoin as legal tender, uh, that's something that I'm gonna pursue for our country, um, that will follow. But just exposure to Bitcoin, the network right now, that'll be game-changing, so yeah.
0: And, and what's the feedback been like? I mean, you. I mean, in the Bitcoin community, your name has totally blown up. You know, I thought I, I see your name mentioned almost by every major influencer. In Tonga, have you gotten reception? What are what are people saying to you over there on the ground? Have they been receptive? Have they yeah to learn every, more? Yeah,
1: yeah. Everyone I know uh, is is super bullish on it because mm-hmm. uh, once they understood. That, uh, that Bitcoin, the asset, the thing that I need to walk you through, uh, I can walk you through that. But Bitcoin, the network, the immediate exposure, hmm. that's, yeah, that's life-changing and they understand that. And um, actually, previous, even before Strike, there are, um, there are people now I know of who are sending um, money back instead of through Western Union or MoneyGram, are sending it to warm wallets. So there are already people now receiving their remittances mm. uh, through warm wallets and receiving, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me in not, not the, the $70 out of 100 even layer one Bitcoin sent to a warm wallet is still closer to 100 than the fiat. Uh, $70 you get through Western Union. So, yeah, they're super bullish. It's the only thing I'm waiting for is because um, our country is is fairly small and our health system's not that great. Hmm. Uh, Our our government locked down our borders hard in March last year. Hmm. And uh, we're one of the the six countries still left in the world With zero COVID, we've never had any because of that. Uh, And the concern with the government is uh, if COVID got in, our health system would not survive an outbreak, so it would pretty much wipe out our population. Um, So for that reason, I'm unable to get back into the country and get my feet on the ground and be able to go and... Uh, present a version of the bill uh, which uh, the team that uh, rolled it out in El Salvador were kind enough to give me a copy uh, so I can begin um, amending it uh, to to make sure that it's not in contradiction with any of our existing legislation and to, to present it as a bill to Parliament. But I can't do that until I get my feet on the ground back home. So all the work that can be done uh, remotely, uh, I'm doing now. Um, Jack very kindly uh, reached out and said, uh, if you need any help, uh, let us know. Uh, So that was very generous of him. And um, so it's sort of in the balls in my court to uh, figure out exactly what's needed on the ground and, Uh, sort of report that back to him. So hopefully they'll be able to help. Uh, But, yeah, that's, that's kind of the plan.
0: Yeah. And just watching you as a, a spectator, I mean, you like even today, I watch your live sessions with a live session with BTC sessions. You're always on Twitter spaces. You're always engaging with the community. There's all these different people that you're talking to. I think it's so cool to see the Bitcoin community in action because I think that's yeah. a differentiator. But the way you're going about it is also, I mean, I mean, you're doing a really good job in terms of all the mind share you're doing. So, like I want to uh, back on what you said about the president of El Salvador it seems like you know similar to Michael Saylor sharing the playbook of microstrategy with corporations yeah. El Salvador is sharing a playbook of exactly
1: MicroStrategy. yeah very much so uh, his uh, courageousness uh, to um, to step out on his own and amidst I'm a lot I'm sure of uh, local uh, opposition and possibly international sort of uh, two-mindedness uh, to uh, put a uh, his the flag in the ground and say uh, he's going to stand by it. That's that's given us uh, the model uh, to go by, and uh, it may be slightly different in in other countries. Some countries may. Uh, dip their foot in the water first by, for instance, in New Zealand um, there was a letter written this week to their prime minister mm. by one of the, uh, the premier uh, economic think tanks called the lobby um, to call on their prime minister to uh, recognise Bitcoin as a foreign currency. Mm. Uh, within the next, within 81 days. So they've, they've used uh, the day that uh, the bill becomes law in El Salvador as the milestone date. And they've, they're they saying to their prime minister, you should make Bitcoin uh, recognised as a foreign currency uh, by this date. And the reason that's very clever is that it it's almost a backdoor way in because once it's, it's recognized as a foreign currency. That means it's no longer, it's declassified as an asset. Mm. So you no longer have to pay capital gains tax on it. And it becomes, (laughs) yeah, it becomes therefore, yeah. Yeah. So all your your Bitcoin transactions are now uh, not a taxable event like they are when it's an asset. Mm. And you could move in and out of that currency and, and the, the local currency much easier. So, uh, like I said, the, the El Salvador model uh, is the baseline and yeah, that's that's the playbook that we're learning from. Uh, but other countries will have uh, their own little uh, amendments to it, uh, trying to reach the same goal.
0: I'm, a, I'm Lebanese-Armenian. So Armenia, I think is a great nice. target. And Lebanon is also going through like a hyperinflation uh, type yeah. period right now. So, I mean, it's just very geared towards countries like that. I think it would be a tremendous benefit.
1: Absolutely. I've got, um, as you all probably know, uh, you may tell from the accent, I was born and raised in Australia mm. and there's a lot of Lebanese Australians. So I have a lot of Lebanese friends and exactly that their feedback to me is... Uh, everything you're saying about Tonga is exactly applicable to us, yeah. because uh, the, there's uh, inflation, and uh, I've got a good friend who's a, an economics professor in in uh, Beirut, mm. and he's doing a lot of work on <clears throat> the the uh, in Uh, Beirut, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. uh, they use Bitcoin to be transferable in and out of USD Mm -hmm. so that you can um, use it interchangeably. And, yeah, see, that's another way where either uh, Bitcoin the network or here Bitcoin the asset is being used. Whichever way you flip it, uh, Bitcoin, uh, the uh, the technology ends up being uh, answering and being the solution to so many different uh, societal needs and uh, being able to handle it uh, better than any other uh, type of asset or money has been able to uh, to date. Hmm.
0: And uh, and I've been doing a lot of research on uh, Tonga actually in the last few days. (laughs) And a lot of Bitcoiners are talking about moving to Tonga, and <laughs> there may be, may, yeah. may, you may want that, not want that. Um, but uh, is is that a possibility? I mean, do is there a way yeah. for people? Yeah, I would love to hear about it.
1: It's been really humbling. I've had so many people reach out, and it's like you said, the the Bitcoin community is unmatched. Hmm. Uh, there's people who've uh, done their own research and discovered that Tonga's uh, uh, economy is largely agriculture and fisheries based. Mm. So they've gone out and and networked with their friends who are agriculture and fisheries experts. And there are a whole swathe of agricultural and fisheries experts who've approached me and said, look, there's not much doing in the US at the moment. We'll pick up and go and live in Tonga and, yeah, help your government with agriculture and fisheries uh, just because they're Bitcoiners. So, yeah, that's there's no other community that you'd get that from. Uh, and we actually do have a path for um, citizenship by investment, as many, many countries do. Yeah. And uh, it involves a couple of million dollars uh, fiat that you'd need to invest Uh, to get automatic pathway to citizenship. Mm. But but for Bitcoin, because it appreciates at 200% per annum, uh, it will take a lot less because the real uh, value uh, to the the host economy is exponentially growing every year. Mm. So it would make sense to put a much lower threshold. And that way, yeah. There definitely is a path and me personally, for my estate on my island, it's it's uh, colloquially called Bitcoin Island by the community because they know there's an open invitation for any Bitcoiner to turn up and uh, come and chill on, on my island whenever they want.
0: I will I will seriously take you up on that. Um, I owe my That's wife a five far. year, five year anniversary. Uh, trip. So uh... oh,
1: awesome. Awesome. <laughs> we love to you could consider yeah. yourselves invited. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I love it. And and just to you know, I know that you know, you're you're super busy. And I'm really gracious of your time. I just had a question for you about potential resistance. Um, so I read a, a, a timeline today, I think it was a Forbes article. But it basically said here's the title, the headline, if I could pull it up. I don't know why it's not pulling up. There we go um the world bank one the world bank bitcoin must be accepted by world bank according to charter and there's this like creative backdoor that's being created so do you have thoughts on that do you have thoughts of how what the resistance points might be along the way
1: yeah so there's a reason uh christian lagarde the head of the imf and her team uh scrambled when el salvador occurred because if you've got a monetary system that's outside uh, the fiat central banking system, then the, uh, the existence of the IMF and the World Bank becomes superfluous. They're, they're completely irrelevant because their entire purpose is to entrench that system and to uh, bring as many countries under the bondage of that system as possible. So, what they do is for the developing world, They give out loans and then they force austerity measures on that country so that it's impossible for you to pay back the loan Mm. and you end up in a cycle of debt. Uh, So what they do is they condition developing uh, economies uh, to produce raw materials and to have those materials sent to the first world where they turn them into manufactured goods and then force the developing countries to import them because because they've uh, not allowed the developing countries to develop their own uh, manufacturing bases. Hmm. uh, It makes them entirely dependent on imports. So that cycle of uh, central uh, bank fiat hegemony Gets entrenched over and over again. So the fact that the charter—I mean, the—I I retweeted it with the tagline uh, "World Bank wrecked" because mm-hmm. it basically means that not only can El Salvador pay back in Bitcoin, they don't have to pay back in actual Bitcoin. They can pay back in fiat or IOUs right. backed by that Bitcoin, as you would have seen. Mm. And uh, as the value of Bitcoin rises, um, the World Bank has to pay back the value of those gains. So uh, that that paradigm is, is world-changing. <laughs> so the pushback will come uh, from the central banks, mm. Uh, from uh, the the US Fed, uh, even our central bank in Tonga will will push back because they are they're all um, traditional uh, Keynesian trained economists, and even though we're in a developing nation, they were trained by the uh, the universities uh, in the West uh, to go back and enslaved their, their own countries uh, to the hegemony of of the uh, the Western Central Bank. So, um, but what happens is when someone like, so if a politician like me comes in and says, all right, there's a possibility for you all to get an extra 30% of your income and the Central Bank wants to stop it. Uh, that's not a good look for any uh, organisation, and they'll have people with pitchforks at their doors uh, if they don't uh, watch out. So, the the freeing, the freedom of uh, that Bitcoin, the technology brings, is uh, yeah, it's inevitable. It, uh, resistance is futile, as as the the Borg in Star Trek say. It, it's coming whether you like to like it or not. And uh, the best way, I think, to receive it is uh, to prioritise uh, the people that it was meant to help most. Because if you study the history of Bitcoin, you'll understand that it was meant to help the least fortunate uh, and those who aren't able to use the traditional uh, monetary system. Uh, and help them have a monetary system that they could access uh, without all uh, the, the uh, drawbacks of the traditional monetary system. So, yeah, both the technology and, and the community, uh, I can't say how enough how bullish I am about both
0: yeah and you make me super bullish uh myself i can't tell you how good of uh ambassador you are for tonga and to the world and put it
1: thank you man i appreciate
0: it i really mean that i mean uh you've done a great job and this conversation has been fascinating and it makes me even more bullish hearing from a major politician in a country that looks at this and be like okay 30 percent more it puts you on the map. It puts you on the world stage. It allows you to be part of this amazing community. So it's just great to see.
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate a lot. And I appreciate uh, the invitation. I yep. appreciate the, the opportunity to share uh, my thoughts and to learn uh, from your thoughts. Yep. So, yeah, it's been an extremely positive experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, this will be the first of many, I hope.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lord Fusatua. Um, This will be posted tomorrow. Make sure to follow him. Make sure to check out all the stuff he's doing in the kingdom of Tonga. It's just amazing and fascinating. So thanks again. Thank you, brother.
1: Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man.